you're listening to Carmina's Cantata, where we'll be exploring the relationship between music and spoken word through a series of interviews with poets who have worked with music in a variety of different ways. My name is Carmina Masolova, poet, wannabe riot girl pop star and music lover, currently learning the ukulele and music production as part of the Arts Council's Developing Your Creative Practice Grants. This episode, I'm joined by Brigitte Aphrodite. Brigitte Aphrodite is a neurodiverse punk poet, musician, writer, theatre maker and intersectional feminist showwoman from Kent. She makes genre-crossing, status-quo-defying, passionate, multidisciplinary work which is free from pretension, is anti-hierarchical and aims to be accessible to all. During Brigitte's formative years, she toured extensively as a musician alongside artists such as Kate Nash and Josie Long. Brigitte has written two critically acclaimed shows, featured in The Guardian, Elle, BBC News, My Beautiful Black Dog, a punk gig theatre musical exploring depression, and Parakeet, an eco-punk musical made and set in Margate about nature, young women, and fighting for what you believe in. You were still mine. I had a dream last night that we were so fine. I was stood in the middle of Soho Square, and all my favourite people were standing there. And I was screaming, I was singing, I am still your girl. I am still, I am still, I am still, I am still. I heard a posh voice in the crowd. It was Simon. I'm still. I said, Simon, darling, I'm thirsty. He whops out a couple of cans of I'm still. We glug them down in two glugs. Glug, 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 glug. Then I woke and realised that we not spoke And I woke and realised that my heart broke That I'm not still your girl and I don't know Simon am still If you return, if you return the turn, turn tables We'll have turned, I look like Tina Turn a turn, I'll share I'll be so impressed with my big So, first of all, thank you for joining me today. It's great to have you here. Pleasure. Um, So, at the moment, I'm talking to lots of different artists who are combining spoken word with music. And um, I, yeah, have followed your work for a while. And, um, yeah, you do a really good job at fusing those things together. And I wondered, first of all, what inspired you to work within these mediums? Hmm. That's a nice, good question and a good start. It might take me a little while to think about it. I suppose I've always been a massive, like growing up, I was always a massive fan of, so I didn't enter this with poetry really, I was a massive fan of lyrics, mm. um, and music, lyrics within music. And... Um, and I didn't, I didn't, I didn't feel like I got on very well. I didn't get on very well at school because um, I have quite severe dyslexia. So mm. um, and that was a time where those things were just like, oh, brushed under the carpet. Mm. It didn't matter. Like you're just, you're just um, a loser. <laughs> so, um, so I suppose um, uh, the subject of poetry seemed quite unaccessible to mm. me because it was wrapped up within school. But um, the that, that 
lyrics were really important in songs and um, I was quite obsessed with them mm. growing up um, as a lot of teenagers are mm-hmm. um, and uh, enjoyed expressing myself through um, through like performing and any sort of performing that I could try and do um, at a young age and then as I as I got as I got older I realised that writing what I thought was kind of lyrics but I suppose it was poetry but there's a there's a real crossover with that mm. anyway I I feel like um so I, I was never really sure whether I was a poet or and I didn't play any instruments so I wasn't sure whether I wasn't really a musician um but um I felt a bit lost in my mid-20s and um uh, moved to a new area which was Hastings mm. um and was quite lonely as well so I was writing a lot of lyricy words poetry stuff and then saw that there was like a spoken word night and 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 went and first of all just read but I suppose I always read with um melody Mm. I suppose it's not always like singy but um there was moments of melody in it even though I had no um music and then in that loneliness I uh picked up a guitar and started to then put those words to music and that was really early on and I'm talking about three chords um mm. two chords sometimes one <laughs> <laughs> and um in ways because I didn't come from musical backdrop ground and because I didn't come I, I didn't I didn't know any of the rules of poetry mm. um it was quite freeing for, and I had like all the kind of um delusion of youth it was quite freeing <laughs> for me to just go bah, bah, um so that was the early days so that's how and that was open mic scene in Hastings um uh and as it went further down the line I started to get some bookings from Mm. open mic nights um and then and then did like a latitude set Mm. um with my poetical songs and um and maybe like one that wasn't with music so uh yeah um which was I was delighted to do but I remember that experience it went it went well but I had like it that had like a, a an an experience on that weekend at Latitude that will like kind of change me change me forever in ways um uh where a host um you get given like a 10 minute slot and um and and you know I I timed it and stuff because mm. I didn't want to get in trouble mm-hmm. uh, and wanted to play by the rules for that the, for that for that time and um, I think they were running behind and the host for because the host would change back in the day like mm. and it was different there's not a poetry arena now in yeah. Latitude when I think there's I can't really speak easy now mm. but um, uh, I was in the middle of my set you know new kind of music poet like funny person not a bit funny or a bit strange I wasn't really <laughs> sure what I was but um and the person who was they, they were running behind and during my set they 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 kicked like a a, a box or um, what are they called like a a music uh, I can't remember what they called like a music box or something really hard backstage and said you know get the f off the stage yeah Aww. and he was a man and um and I I, I I remember thinking to myself I didn't really know I didn't really know that I was a feminist really at the time mm. but you know there's not many there wasn't many women on the line up mm. and um I just thought and as I got 
and as I got older as well, I was just like, God, I'd never treat an artist like that mm. on stage and I hadn't run over. It wasn't my yeah. fault. And I complained to the person that ran the stage and they were like, mm, yeah, whatever, <laughs> you know, nothing they could do. And um, I didn't realise that I could try and take on the patriarchy at that time. <laughs> um, that came later. What, what sort of year was that? Do you remember? A long time ago. Yeah. So probably, let me think, when did I start? maybe 2008 mm. seven yeah maybe um uh yeah it was it was and i don't i would hope that wouldn't happen now but i remember thinking at the time you know what i need i need a band <laughs> so i can't hear all this stuff yeah. <laughs> and so i also did was doing some comedy nights at the mm. same time like because my songs kind of crossed over with yeah, comedy yeah. and again you've got these men that are just like heckling like stupid stuff and I was just like I don't want to hear these wankers mm. I just want to I mean I I gave it back sometimes yeah. and sometimes it's good but sometimes it would just literally break me I was mm. like oh, I don't know if I'm strong enough for this and I don't know who you know like I mean I don't know. I just, I don't think I was strong enough for it. I'm strong, but like, I don't know if my brain or my experience was strong enough for it mm. at the time. And um, so, yeah, I was just like, I want to drown this shit out with punk music. Yeah. Um, so, so I started to get a band together. And um, first of all, it was a guitarist that played really loud with an amp. Mm. And then it was, um, then, then I was just like, actually, I need more. <laughs> so we got a drummer and a bassist. Um, and it was, and then I learned so much about music and, um, and, and words with music mm. with that. And we gigged for quite a long, quite a long time and did some really fun gigs. And what I loved about it as well um, was the mixture of, like, I had all this anger inside of me, like, mm. I think, from just an angry woman there's a lot to be angry about you know um and I didn't really realize what it was so with a band I felt like I had the confidence to express be as loud as I want and not you know because people knew that context of like loud bands Mm. and not and not get judged a lot not be able to hear audience or stupid idiots in the in the wings yeah. stupid egos in the wings that have mucked up their timings and um you know and also then I realise now on another level, it was like I was expressing my spoken word. I was um, doing it sometimes through melody, sometimes through speaking, which as a neurodivergent artist and my own neurodiversities, it really, it, it there was something amazing about expressing myself in that way. It mm. felt really good and it seemed to hit the audience in the right way. And I didn't feel like I had to follow any po- poetry rules. Mm. And um, I could also express my body with, with my body. So I could literally transcend and, and, and feel like I was understood. Mm as an artist and um that was just amazing and and then going forward from that I then um oh this is like my life story isn't it (laughs) but going forward from that it's quite a long story I'm getting on now so um I've been around I've been around the block and um then going forward from that touring as a band was very hard financially Mm. to do and also needed to write um more material and i think i don't know about you but the insular and the outsular is like they're sometimes two different things when you're giving so much outwardly at gigs Mm. you don't have much time to write so it was like it was a writing I, i knew that i needed to write and actually 
um, and actually got quite uh, got quite low and realised like that I had to address some like mental health illness that mm. I probably had for a long, 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 long time. So from that place, I sort of went a bit quieter again and um, went back to expressing myself with just a guitar and my own voice mm. and wrote wrote my first like poetical gig theatre show mm. which was called My Beautiful Black Dog and um and we performed that with a guitar some me and my partner because he plays um music um he's a composer and now a theatre composer as well but he used to play in a lot of punk bands and so that was the first time we worked together and I would write the songs on like a few chords on the guitar and then he would expand the mm. sound and then I would add add stuff and add add voices and add textures um and I really loved doing that and and now where I'm at with making music I still write I never improve on the guitar I think that's part of my charm um <laughs> and I'm starting to uh play synths and keys more mm. which is nice that's one but I'll never get any better at that it's just literally simple and mm. that's how I write simple with music and then take it to somebody who's better like my partner or you know whoever I'm working with um but what I've started to do and I think this is confidence of doing it for so long Mm. is I've gone back to it being more stripped back as well as um like way more stripped back I don't feel like I always need like a big band Mm. um and the soundscapes are more more gentle at the moment and sometimes Sometimes I write poetry now that's just me and I'm not playing any instruments, but mm. I'm putting the instrumentation in my voice. Mm. And so I have moments of singing and moments in poetical. And I feel like that is a great moment for me. Mm. Um, and it's not that I still make gig theatre all the time and I still I put up the go like, this bit's got this is a backing track or this is like with guitar. But I feel like it's a round circle with me where I think the world... Like, I felt like the world was, like, I wasn't ready to just show my voice completely exposed Mm. um, as a poetry artist because I felt like it was too raw and too painful. And now I'm like, actually, I am enough to stand on stage on my own and let that shit out. Mm. Um, And I feel like that's a really nice nice moment. So one of the things that... um that I was thinking you kind of touched on this already but um when I first um saw you it was um at Ugly Shy Girls with Laura Dockrill, Kate Nash and Peggy Sue at the South Bank Centre which was also around the first the time that I first started sharing my poetry on stage and it feels to me like since then so much has changed within kind of spoken word poetry and the kind of art form is having a lot more kind of resurgence and um yeah there's there's all sorts of like different kind of schemes for like getting young people involved in the art form and I kind of wanted you to tell us a bit more about sort of I guess compared to to now and I guess kind of like public perception of spoken word um what it was like for you back as um back then as a performer and kind of compared to now whether you think it's changed at all um i feel like amazingly um you mentioned 
Ugly Shy Girls and Kate and Peggy Sue and Laura Dockrell. And I feel like what I feel so proud of about that that scene was like it was really punk and rebellious because mm. it was um women who crossed crossed their genres. Mm. There was music and poetry and you know, pop stardom and uh, poetry pop stardom <laughs> and folk poetry um, and comedy poetry in that lineup and mm. just an audience of predominantly young women. Yeah. Um, and there wasn't loads of that happening at the time. Like, that, I mean, that, that, that corner of that incredible creative scene was so special because... N- because it was like a haven from that stuff at <laughs> Latitude that I was saying yeah. about. Um, and actually it was so positive of building each other up um, and such positive artists and young individuals who were really running that scene, Laura and Kate and Peggy Sue. And I was really happy to be a part of, a, a, a small part of it uh, um, for a few years, who were really just like call, calling the shots and just fighting against misogyny and they didn't even really realize it i mean maybe they did um but but uh they certainly do now and it was it was wonderful and all that mattered was like being together building each other up getting inspired by each other and Mm. having a great time whilst doing it um and i feel like now like i felt like that was quite rare Mm. And I felt very, very, really happy, yeah, to be there mm. at that moment. And I felt like I did real positive things um, with friendship and love and, yeah, career stuff. Um, but I feel like now there are accessible pockets of more of, you know, of more, like, um, uh, women, girls, non-binary people building each other up mm. and saying, actually, you know, you know, this is this is incredible and we can't be put in boxes and we can do what the fuck we like mm. and we can be super ambitious and we can be super fun and we can be super non linear and, 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 and um and not not non not not follow structures that have mm. been laid out for us. And um I do a lot of work with young young people and a lot of men mentoring and there's still it's not like it's not fixed you know it's not it's not like it's not like oh yeah there's no you know there's no there's not there's not a need for feminism or internet sectional feminism and I can't wait to get to that point but we're nowhere near that mm. there's still like a whole load of more shit that's put on like women or and non-binary people and mm. like anybody neurodivergent people mm. like pe- people of color it's just like um lgbtq plus people it's like yes there's these amazing support networks that are happening but there's always people that aren't that aren't able to access those support networks for whatever mm. reason um whether it's where they live geographically or their family or their religion or or who they've been able to mix with at that time or financial um or, or or mental health illness or neurodivergence there's always or or prejudice or trauma there's always um people that still can't access it or still don't feel like they've got the confidence to mm. access it so i always feel like the fight isn't over even though there's so much more and there's so much more of a thriving scene and actually you would be if if somebody behaved like that at a major festival they'd be called out on twitter 500 mm. times <laughs> and that's brilliant you know that's the good thing about that in ways um people can't shouldn't be able to behave like mm. that 
people still do and that's why we've still got a lot of a lot of fight because because it's actually a wear down it's 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 wearing and actually the small tap 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 you don't even realize it's mm. affecting you like as a young person so there are we are still fighting the same fights but there are there is more access mm. to poetry and spoken word and that kind of cross genre collaboration and and music and poetry is merging more and more and that makes me happy and mm. that's an understanded um art form but i do also feel like there's there's much further that we can go to it so i was thinking today maybe you'll be able to give me some recommendations but i'd love like poetry to be like I'd love there to be a place where I could just listen to poetry like I would tunes or poetry music mm. where and more of that, you know, um, uh, and more where I could like download some fantastic poems and just have them there, like my favourite poetry playlist. Mm. Like I try on the major, and maybe it's me like being, getting into my late 30s and being like, I don't know. I'm like, oh, this technology, how do I access this? <laughs> um but I feel like there's more that we can do to like be able to bring that to people's bedrooms to like heal in the ears and um yeah I think there's more I think there's more I think there's more but what was I gonna oh I've lost it I've lost it the change between now and then yeah there definitely is a change in every town you will find uh like and like you won't be you won't hopefully won't be the only woman or non-binary person at a spoken word open mic Mm. or a a spoken word night anymore um i think that's quite rare and if that is the truth then that's quite outdated um whereas before that would totally that would totally be it um and i think i think we are we are braver to call out what those injustices are mm. um and create our own scenes like mm. like she growls or the multiple um other incredible nights that happen around the uk and like the initiatives like in this area alone in margate where i live um there's arts education exchange which is um there's loads of opportunities for young people to be creative and get involved for free and to build up a scene like there is at like the roundhouse london that Mm. has been for many years it's like people are following those um like initiatives or Mm. like there's pie factory music which is now like when i first moved here um they didn't have an initiative for uh, women and non-binary people, and now mm. they do. Like, mm. and it's amazing. There's really good, great initiatives. Because mm. I think even though there the initiatives are there, it doesn't mean that. Uh, it doesn't mean. It doesn't mean if a if a young woman or a non-binary person has like other barriers to go mm. and be, that, that that stops them from being creative then it's not even though it's there they're not going to be able to walk there and and be there yeah. for whatever reason mm. you know there's so many barriers so there's still like work to do to that now the now the initiatives are there there's lots of incredible things in this local area the people dem collective which is so exciting um uh it's happening it's like all for young young people and it's about to happen um young people of color and it's to celebrate the arts and the heritage mm. of uh, people of colour in Kent. And that, to happen in Kent, which is a renownedly quite a r- racist um, mm. uh, county. You know, I grew up 
in Bromley, which mm. was kind of Kent at the time, Bromley, Auburn, St Mary's Cray. Mm. And it has, you know, lots of good things about it. Um, but also, you know, it, it was a very prejudiced area. Mm. I don't know if it still is. I don't live there anymore. But to, for People Dem Collective to, um, uh, you know, to ha- build a platform and um, a network and uh, nurturing of spoken word, of music, of um, of art, um, of mentoring mm. for people of colour in uh, Kent. It's just incredible. And there's all these incredible initiatives and there's a really lovely venue called Elsewhere um, over there. Um, uh, and also Olby Soul Cafe. Mm. Um, they all have initiatives for young people um, of all sorts to come and express themselves. So there's a lot. And this is just like a a small town of Margate mm. or Thanet. And I th- I see these pockets happening everywhere. Mm. And I see so many more um, uh, women and non-binary people making spoken words. And it's not just the same, sorry, straight white men mm. getting up and taking the space for hours. And you're like, fuck me, I haven't got two weeks at this mm. poetry night. Like, I can't watch this go on for hours and hours. I need a wee, I need to move, <laughs> like... <laughs> stop (laughs) um so i feel like there's more consideration of just like yeah like not the same people taking the space all the time but we've got a long way to go still yeah i'm really hearing about yeah the importance of building these connections between people and that's how we also can get confidence ourselves and give each other that confidence to to do those things to create the work but also yeah like call things out when I think it's very it's very difficult when you know examples like like what happened at Latitude to like speak out about those kinds of things even now and we need yeah those uh, that kind of like artistic community um to support each other as well oh my god we do because otherwise because otherwise if you don't speak to another artist or another you know person understands um about that stuff you can feel very alone Mm. also with programmers as well you want to get booked right and so if you kick up a fuss about something that you feel isn't morally right like there is still the thing that you won't get booked again and that's still completely not i mean kick up a fuss feedback it's just feedback Mm. actually it's like saying oh this isn't right i've seen this happen Mm. even if it's not to do with how you've been treated i've seen this happen or why isn't there any black or brown people on this lineup why aren't there any other what why isn't there any other women on this lineup um you could do better mm. and people sometimes won't book you again yeah. you're like oh okay all right you know and that's happened and that yeah. pisses me off like that pisses me off so much and you're in a really weird position because you're just like is it worth getting really angry about this Mm. or actually no there are amazing people to work with that will understand that the world needs to move forward and the same people the same people can't hold the power all the time Mm. you know like you know yeah rich straight white men or you know and there's different there's yeah there's different complexities with it within these privileges but um we need to distribute the power mm. to other voices and other people like and that is so important and i think you're right with creative communities 
communicating, talking. Mm. That is, we are working it out. We're thrashing it out. We're, we're going, well, what did you experience? What did I experience? Like, And actually, with poetry writing and writing in general, it can be quite a, like, a solo thing. Because mm. you're, especially when you're writing, especially because we've been through a pandemic, and sometimes, and, and it can get you down stuff can get you down mm. when you think about it too much and you think god is it me i'm you know it must be me that i i don't think this is right and i'm not sure what this is and then and then if you reach out to your community or if you reach out to somebody or have mm. these meetings of minds and and all of a sudden it's just like oh my god you've experienced something really similar and there's such strength in that and then you can mm. take action and you can be yeah you can be punk about it and uh and 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 change it a little bit yeah and even if like because I, I think something I haven't always had like those connections necessarily with other artists and actually kind of funnily enough doing the podcast I've sometimes been able to like make more of those connections having these kinds of conversations but um but yeah I think um that even just kind of if you you know some with the experiences that you've had if you're then writing them down and then you're going on stage and expressing that way even through that if even if it's not a direct conversation you're speaking to an audience and then through that you know you might then have conversations afterwards but there's still some kind of connection happening just from expressing yourself in that way um and so, yeah, kind of leading on to that, something else I wanted to talk about was um, you've um, mentioned a bit about collaboration before. I just kind of wondered a bit more about what role collaboration plays generally in your creative process. Um, well, quite a lot, actually. Um, I feel like... I really enjoy all elements of, um, like I spoke to you earlier about, like movement, mixing with words, and um, the music, and um, also something I haven't spoke about is like I like to, like the garments that I wear, I like it to be an extension of the expression mm. of the where my main my main art form comes from, which is the words, mm. and. Um, and to make all those things happen, collaboration is key. I think I, I think I could get better at it. Like I think feel like I'm always because it starts with the solo and the writing and the voice recording and sitting in cafes for hours staring at a wall <laughs> whilst you're trying to think of stuff. Um, so I'm always trying to work at being a better collaborator mm. um, uh, and m- m- making those connections more um and trying to be brave to reach out to people Mm. um but collaboration is really key like whether it's collaborating with a producer to make the poems into a uh poetical show because i can't do the organization part on my own um mainly because my brain doesn't really work in the neurotypical way to Mm. send back and forth emails very well (laughs) and things like that um (laughs) unless you want it in a strange 
badly spelt poetical <laughs> la la hello the springtime <laughs> you know then then i'm pretty fucked you know <laughs> um uh, and the world still does demand that um uh and um or whether it's collaboration with a designer um uh like a a, a, a clothes designer mm-hmm. or um whether it's collaboration with musicians and sometimes I still quite play it safe a little bit because I work with my partner so much but we do have this special practice mm. that we're really proud of and it's really heartfelt and like core felt mm. but I would be really interested in like reaching out to people that I don't collaborate with you know mm. musically and also collaborating with some women musically I'd be really excited mm. to, to to do um uh and also collaborating with the director I've done that quite a lot um and I enjoy that creative process because it's this ping pong of themes and ideas and and everybody having this section that they're like expertise at so around the words um it can just ping off in all these amazing directions or like oh I collaborate with a movement director not as much as I would like to but I mm. want to do more of that because they come in and they take the words and they find meanings physically that you mm. could never you could never even dream of yeah. it's just wonderful um but then with collaboration you like something that I struggle with is like right I have to be really up from well, I have struggled with them trying to get better, but I have to mm. be really upfront financially. So it's got to, you know, I want to pay people properly. Mm. And if I can't, there has to be a mutual benefit in some way. Um, you've got to be really clear. You've got to be really clear about all these boundaries and then royalties as it goes forward and all those things. So there's this whole other section of it. Whereas when we were younger, we'd just collaborate for like making arts, make, mm. making arts sake because we just didn't know any know any better and sometimes you can still do that as locally around here mm. as well um but uh there's a lot of like there's got to be a lot of cl- clear clearness so you can be as creative and the right atmosphere and ambiance so you can be as creative as possible mm. and i feel like accessibility within collaboration is really important mm. because something you also have to be really clear well i'm learning clear about is like what are your access needs what 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 do you need in a room that makes it work? What do you need in a budget that makes it work for you? What do you need? What do you need in my communication that mm. makes it work for you? And I'm working on that as well. Yeah, yeah. I'm working on letting people know what I need. Um, and we're working actually. I spoke about an incredible poet, an incredible friend. Um, yeah, she's a kind of star superstar poet i i think and a real rising star neelam seradia braley um she's local she lives down the road and um i know she's played she growls um but she also works with me on access um so we work together and um you know she's incredible because she helps me be as clear as possible because she she's one of these incredible people who um She's a triple threat, basically. She's an absolute mega babe. Um, she's super creatively talented um, and has this magnetic, like, great writer, but this magnetic um, presence on stage. And also she can fit in, like, when she feels like it to the neurotypical world. So she's like, no, let's just be really direct here. I'm like, thanks. And, like, uh, and she can help me... Um, help me collaborate better. Yeah. She's that, yeah, that's, that's really, I think really important that there are that this kind of there's a kind of 
that kind of collaboration that is kind of quite organic and just you know it's about being playful but then there is also that side where it's like actually there's a lot of logistics to it and why yeah it's kind of um harder maybe to collaborate with um with sort of yeah like people who are not your partner for example like it's it's just like practically difficult and um and yet the you know what it's what's really exciting is like when you when you do kind of like yeah are brave enough to kind of make those connections and then and then it's really exciting what can happen and if if people are like on the same page and and you just never know until you kind of go for it but equally I think it's really yeah it's really important to kind of also know like I'm beginning to kind of realize the certain ways that I'm neurodivergent and seeing trying to see that as also okay I can work on certain things but also knowing yourself and knowing your limitations and and trying to get other people to kind of understand that as well because I definitely relate to kind of I mean even sort of having had feedback on my communication (laughs) sometimes and you know that kind of trying to take that on board and and be like okay how can I do better next time you know it's really it's like important to to kind of strive to to yeah kind of self-improvement that's always something that's really important to me but also like being kind and compassionate to yourself as well and and to others who who you're working with because yeah sort of collaborating it's a yeah it's like there's a lot of um things to take into account whether that's yeah to do with with access or just kind of meeting people as human beings in general and supporting each other to kind of work towards your shared goals and stuff yeah um so you also um you mentioned your show my beautiful black dog um and yeah i saw that and then i also saw parakeet which i really love both of them and so i wondered if you could um if, if there was anything more you wanted to, to say about My Beautiful Black Dog um, and then also a bit more um, if you could tell us more about Parakeet and maybe kind of um, thinking about the the sort of process, the, the differences, how you kind of came from doing the first to then doing Parakeet. Um, yeah, that'd be great. Um... Oh, thanks. I'm really pleased you saw both the shows and enjoyed them. That's lovely because I just feel like they're, they're like, perfect, not perfect, but like, yeah, perfect expressions (laughs) of a lot of things that I feel, Mm. both of them. And they still are. And I can still look back on them. And and so when like, or even friends or family, mainly friends or family have seen them, it's like, right, do you understand? Like, this is what I'm feeling. Mm. Or like, or as a writer or as a person, or this is... Like, this is all what's going on here. This is what I'm seeing mm. as well. With Parakeet especially, this is what I'm mm. seeing. Um, sorry. <laughs> but, um, yeah, so my beautiful black dog was very autobiographical. Mm. Um, and I always, I always, it was around, around the heart of it was mental health, illness, and um, that it does define you but it also doesn't define you at the same time it doesn't go away but it can get better you mm. can get worse but you've got um you got a bloody 
you know, you've got a bloody nut roast in the oven <laughs> that you can go home and, and, and like just kind of eat it or like, um, or like, you know, that's your toolkit, you know, you can put on a cup of tea, that's your, that's your toolkit or like there's things you can do. I'm not saying nut roast or cup of tea um, cures depression, it does not. But um, uh, as you, over time, if you can, you can build a toolkit that helps and whether mm. that's a mixture of medication, therapy, exercise sunlight a good support network Mm. being able to reach out which is kind of impossible when you're um ill Mm. you know and everybody's like speak to somebody speak out it's like uh do you know about depression it's wordless like Mm. it's absolutely wordless but to have that network that check in on you so anyway my beautiful black dog i wrote quite a long time ago now it was probably I don't know seven years ago something like that and at the time I felt like there was a gap in the world where me and my friendship group um weren't talking about our brains Mm. and uh an illness and it was you know it was all just like have a good time make up which is really positive but no I didn't find anybody talking about um mental illness Mm. and that has changed and that's Mm. really 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 good it's in art it's in songs and yes in the the history of time people have spoken up about it um uh ruby wax was speaking about Mm. it and um what was her name baker uh an artist oh i can't thing is when you have a baby when a baby comes out of your vagina you you just your memory comes out with Mm. it um (laughs) Baker, I can't remember her first name, but she was making theatre out about it. So, but I didn't know. And these are older people, and 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 they weren't anybody my age. And I, mm. so um, I thought, right, I really need to speak about this. And I think the urge was so my friends could understand why I wouldn't pick up the phone mm. and I couldn't leave the house. And when you're known to be a certain person of like quite, a, well, I don't need to talk myself up, but quite a vibrant <laughs> human being. <laughs> Quite a little bit of a life and soul of the party, <laughs> then, 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 um, then, then you know it's really hard to go. Oh, oh my god! Sometimes I have really, I have really bad thoughts, and I can't wash for two weeks, and mm-hmm. you know all that stuff. Like it's really, it was really juxtaposing what my public persona mm. or public person was I still that is massive part of who I am of I love a party I love love I love life mm. but yes anyway so uh and I have to thank my partner for pushing me as well with it because I was writing stuff but he was like keep going keep going he'd follow me around with the guitar and this is how we realized we needed to do the show I was <laughs> so low I probably stunk so badly you know I was just eating and eating and eating just like yeah, not not an, an laying in bed, crumbs in bed, deliberately dehydrating myself. You know, bad stuff. And he would, when he saw a window, he would like put that to music, keep going, keep. And he'd follow me around singing words that I'd written or mm. or riffing off stuff. And 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 I'd be almost like go away, you know. <laughs> and so he really helped that process, and a friend helped that process. Um, uh, friend, the director Laura Keith, who was a friend mm. who we kind of fell in love quite in the early days, um, and you know she's a hugely successful director now, and I always knew she would be, um, and we still collaborate. She directed mm. Parakeet as well, and she directed the last show that we just did, which was the Christmas Goblin at the Marlow, um, and 
um, if it wasn't for those two, uh, yeah, I don't think it would happen because I was recovering. Um, but in and and as I was writing the show, I wasn't getting therapy. I wasn't I wasn't getting medication um, because I still really didn't know what was going on. Mm. So, and that's when I realised collaboration was so important as well with with um, Black Dog because that would never have happened if I didn't have people pushing mm. me um, or encouraging me because I really wasn't very well when I was writing it. Mm. Um, and it took quite a long time. It took about two years or something to come to fruition, maybe even more, I don't know. Um, so uh, then with a lot of collaboration, a lot of development, really, a lot of... Um, because uh, we started that poetry music show with like other collaborators in the room that I trusted best friends and we thought it might be a like a four piece or a five piece but actually it really did z- financially it made sense that it was two of us and actually as the story got more and more intimate and more and more autobiographical um it zoomed in on me and Gaz mm-hmm. so that process was literally redraft after redraft, whatever that means, because my redraft isn't like, here is a redraft of my mm. script, my way of writing is voice notes, a picture. They let me go like that for a bit. You know, like, it's very strange, mm. and I'm only starting to understand that process. Um, performing it, performing it to a director, um, them to it, them inputting, you know, mm. it's very... It's and I suppose that's going back to collaboration. Um, I it going forward, it's really interesting because, uh, yeah, I am the writer, or, or sometimes I'm a co-writer, co-write. But actually, acknowledging how important for me, sometimes a director is, sometimes a, um, a composer might have views of how something's feeling and how something needs to change or what isn't working. So it really is a, it really takes mm. a village to build a show um and so that was black dog and i i was so proud of it and i was really i was really surprised about the response and it was like therapy to me really Mm. it was and i was and that union what you talk about earlier when you say that you 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 do something Mm. and then you get people talking to you afterwards i mean like there's like so many people that needed to talk mm. afterwards um, 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 and it opened up and and uh, yeah needed to talk and then something that became really apparent before safe spaces were really a thing in theatre we created a uh, we asked the venues that we went to like oh can we have a little quiet space because there's so many times that I would go out to theatre like because I was like forced myself to leave the house and then after a show I'd just have to sit in a toilet cubicle and mm. either stare or cry um, and I was like, that's not right, <laughs> mm. because you don't want to be in the bar being fancy. You just want to mm. take a moment, like because you're not either not feeling very well or a moment to reflect or whatever. So that became important, and that was access, and we didn't even really realise it. We just like it was a need for the mm. audiences after, because that was two thousand and fourteen, two thousand fifteen, two thousand sixteen. That's when we were touring that show, and then Parakeet just I needed a bit of time we were still gigging a lot with the mental health stuff and um and I still and it was only after the show really that I really properly addressed like with with like professional help mm-hmm. like addressed like like 
you know depression and anxiety um so i'll always be thankful of it Mm. because of that um because in my family like therapy just wasn't a thing you just Mm. worked and worked and worked until you dropped Mm. and um uh because i come from uh you know greek greek heritage um i can't call myself working class because I think I grew up in a lot different way to my what my mum and dad did, mm. but that that was their that was their that was their background, yeah, yeah. and um, yeah, you just get on with it, and that's kind of good sometimes, you know. Mm. But actually, it's really important to let what's going on up there out um, for survival as well as getting on with it. So yeah, because uh, yeah, sort of working can be a way of of dealing with difficult emotions. It can be a distraction, which can sometimes be helpful. And sometimes, yeah, if it's creative, then it is very therapeutic. But at the end of the day, if, you know, that can't be all, all there is, you need, like, like all the things that you listed before, that, that can be helpful, I think, yeah. Yeah, and you need to be able to sit in your own skin um, with your friends and your family and be a human. Mm. And, like, if you stop doing that, then what is what is that? Anyway, mm. Parakeet, I'll quickly tell you, um, I moved to Margate. And I started doing a lot of youth facilitating, not just in Margate, in Hastings as well. I started mm. loving it, actually. And, I, yeah, I was just amazed by the the incredibleness of young people. Mm. Um, and parakeets started to come out of me. Um, and it's about three. it was about three young women. Um, and it was poetical and punk. And it was music. And we collaborated with... Um, uh, youth groups uh, to workshop it a bit and got young people to read it and input a bit into it but um, uh, it was quite because it was so it was such a story really and it was quite a complex story and it was about activism and expression mm. and the nature and um, and birds and trees and the importance of these things to young people because it, it also came from like a statistic that I read that uh, more more young people were watching David Attenborough than mm. than um, X Factor. I mean, obviously that seems like a no brainer to be honest. But <laughs> it was at the time X Factor was quite or had been quite popular. Yeah. It's just like okay, there's a need, isn't there? There's a need. They're like young people feel like they need to express and they need to they need to be in nature and that's important mm. to them. And that's what Parakeet was about. And it was about grassroots activism and mm. DIYness. And it was also the expression of the, the me that I'd lost. Like when I was young I was brought up in shopping malls and like I was in Bromley and that was the aspiration, clueless, which I love. I mean I'm not gonna say a bad word about clueless. <laughs> but like that was like that was like the holy grail. And actually Actually, and it's got a bit of active that that's got that message of activism at the end, even in all the shallow mall stuff. Like it is still an amazing masterpiece. Clueless, I'm not understanding that <laughs> But um, I I feel like this activist or, or gentle activist has always been inside of me, mm. and um, parakeet and working with young people and and all that stuff was just like igniting it. And so that was what parakeet was about. And we got an incredible cast of young women that all like really like kind of lived and breathed that vibe anyway um and it was challenging to write and it was challenging to perform because i feel like we got like some we got some old like school um punk music snobs in that say say like that that, that came to watch it and reviewed it old men or white men basically mm. and um and they uh didn't get it at all and then mm. other people really got it but they didn't get it so much. They were like, this is rubbish. It's like, how can you say this is rubbish? This is like, this is important. This mm. is important. And actually, even if you think this show's rubbish, the message of it is important mm. because this is what young people are feeling. 
Um, and so I was really proud of that show, and I still am. And I, and I think we, we took it to Edinburgh just before the pandemic, and so I feel like there might be somewhere another life for it, and this is where this saying comes from, empathy is the new mm-hmm. punk. Because what I notice about young people now compared to when I was growing up is that they... They're just so much. They're so much more aware of like um, politics and activism because they have to be. They have to be survivors because mm. our world's sorry, but it is going to shit. Mm. So um, and I was just like, you lot, you lot. If we weren't lied to growing up, maybe we could have done something for you lot. Like fuck's sake, I feel like such a useless, like useless person. I could have been peddling this stuff ages ago mm. instead of like saving up money to go in caramillan and buy a dress that pushed my boobs up <laughs> <laughs> for god's sake i mean maybe i could do that as well but you know like i'm not sure if they were using ethical materials mm. <laughs> <laughs> um but so that's what parakeet was and um poetry punk music screaming um saying change 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 asking to listen to voices of young people um yeah and that's that great um this i guess you've you've kind of sort of touched on a a, a bit already but um if you when you're first going to create a new piece of work um with spoken word and music um is there i'm guessing i'm guessing it's definitely not a linear process it's more kind of like um, it's not kind of like the music comes first or the the writing comes first, but is it more of a like kind of mixture of of the two? The mainly the writing or the the spoken writing mm. comes first for me, mm. and then at the same time, what my part my creative collaborator quiet boy will be doing is he'll be saying that i'll be writing like weird weird scrolls um that that i've been told look like scrolls of a psychopath he'll be um he'll be composing lots of pieces and sometimes Mm. i'll read some stuff or you know or improvise some stuff and he'll take a piece of music and and then put it and we'll we'll mesh mm. sometimes i'll have a melody like in our last show i mean um we wrote a song we, we wrote a song together called what should we do next and um and it was a real collaboration mix because i was uh just screaming down a microphone not my microphone my phone what shall we do next what so it'd be melody and words what shall we do what shall we do and then like he'd just like um I'd send it to him and then he'd be like I don't understand I was like what don't you understand and then I was just like it's got to be screaming and like this he's like well what and then I have to send him music references if he doesn't understand me just screaming down the microphone <laughs> and then um, and then we go back and he's like how about this and I'm like no not this and then we, we so sometimes and then then if we haven't got a verse I'll he'll get something going and then I'll improvise over the verse and I'll record it and then most of it will be rubbish, a moment of it will be good, and then I'll go away and I'll sit in a cafe and have, like, three flat whites, <laughs> and um, I'll, I'll, I'll write more verse. Mm. And so that is one way that it goes. Another way that it'll go is 
are right. It always starts with the writing or mm. the spoken spokening, <laughs> and then I'll speak to Neelam and uh, we'll have a couple of hours to work together. And I'll go, Neelam, could you? Is it all right if you transcribe this quickly? Mm. And then she does, and then I I edit it, and then I get my guitar out and I I go through a riff, um, a riff, two chords as <laughs> usual, and um, <laughs> and then I'll find the phrasing within the. I'll find the phrasing within the two chords. Um, and that's... and But more I'm moving forward, I'm finding that I either want to go deep dive with my, the instrument um, in future or it slows me down a little bit sometimes and I just mm. want to freestyle and then get somebody who's better to play. Mm. Now, like, I'm applying for funding. I prefer to get somebody in to, mm. to just just go a bit faster than what I used to and maybe that isn't as empowering but I just feel I actually also feel like it is because it's that thing about collaboration exactly yeah. I enjoy humans yeah I bloody love them I like mm. dogs as well <laughs> and trees <laughs> and smelling grass but I do enjoy that and uh so yeah um so that's that's my process and then when I'm making a show a show um <laughs> I get all these vignettes and I start seeing how I can mesh them together, mm. and sometimes some go by the wayside, and then they they stay they're there, and then I'm then I got an opportunity to write a different show or project, and then I'm like, oh look at this little guy, <laughs> oh my god, he definitely belongs here, and then you, you yeah, and and then some of my mates that have seen me do those things before try it out, and they're like, you cheated, you took that one from there. I was like, no, I didn't cheat. It's just. It's like it belongs there. It never mm. belonged there, and um, and so that's 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 my process. Mm. Great. Um, uh, so something else that I've been talking about on this podcast is music and the ineffable, the way that it kind of moves us and creates an emotional response that can be quite hard to articulate. And so I wondered if you think poetry and music kind of differ in the way that we express emotions and creating those emotional connections does like music offer something that kind of fills in in a kind of gap in that way yeah i think so um there are a few poets that i've watched that without music that have taken me somewhere where words with music or just music on its own can take me. Mm. But it's quite rare. Mm. I think they really have to have... They have to really connect emotionally, like the greatest stage actor of all time could connect to a part, but they're just being themselves, and so that is even more impactful than seeing Mm. the greatest stage actor in the world (laughs) connect to a character, Mm. you know. And I think, uh, obviously, it's sight... um, they're now cited a lot, but I think back in the day, like watching Kay Tempest for the first time did that without, mm. and I know Kay used to play in Sound of Rum, but um, which was with music, but um, and makes music, you know, with their words. But um, uh, when I watched them for the first time, there that was music mm. as well as words, and I think there are poets that can do that with their performative um 
performative performance <laughs> um and that and i think that's all about emotional connection mm. and and not melody so much as classic melody within words although i'm citing k but k would use melody within their words but um so there is a similarity but i think i think that great music with words it's just a double prong, isn't it? Mm. It's just like it's tickling you there, it's breaking your heart there, <laughs> and it's making your ears mm. tingle. Yeah. Um, and sometimes makes my nipples tingle. <laughs> so weird. <laughs> and so you got that prong and you're just, you're just, yeah, it's just lovely, isn't it? Mm. It's like, and then there's some songwriters that poets, isn't there? Like, there's some so- songwriters that are utter poets. And so their incredible words with incredible music it's mm. lovely um and i think that's why i do use both things because music has touched my life in such a mm. massive way um and and i love it and i find it quite accessible as well so mm. i feel like i can reach not more people as in you know i'm still underground as fuck but <laughs> <laughs> but you know when i'm playing like to a crowd i do like i am like an old an old school um show woman vibes so mm. like variety vibes i'm like right this is the crowd i think that if i put this one in mm. and make everybody shimmy to the mm. poem then like i'm making people like really connect with poetry but also we're dancing and yeah. it's like we're at a club and like whatever so i think i feel like i i feel like in ways like i said i'm like underground as fuck but also there's like something about me that's like quite populous like in others uh, is in like i I want to, I want my nan, my nan comes to all my previews and I want her to get it, Yeah, you know? yeah. And so if there's music with it, she'll just be like, la, 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 la. <laughs> there's that. And yeah. Um, and yeah, if it's the right music or you're working with, you collab- or it's simple enough to just like hit a little sweet spot because simplicity can be amazing. Ambient can sometimes be amazing. Um, and I'm learning that more and more and more as I get mm. older um, and as I'm getting less sleep because my baby I'm like give me ambient Brian Emo Brian Emo hit me um, but also uh, but also if you're working with somebody that's really sensitive with the words that let those words breathe then 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 it's going to add something mm. if you're working with a musician or or you play yourself and you're like you're they're working against each other then it's not gonna it's not gonna hit and it's gonna be better stripped on its own mm. the words so yeah I mean, there's something i need to say is there needs to be a lot if there's any like poets that want to work with music that haven't done um the most important thing is to in that cab- collaboration is to give the word space. Mm. It doesn't mean you can't have drums and bass and guitar and synths and beats and whatever, but there needs to be space. Like, mm. in the most incredible rap and hip-hop, and to get those words across, there's space. So you, those words are allowed to breathe. Those, those analogies and metaphors and jokes are allowed to punch. Um, they have to be allowed to breathe. And that doesn't mean it needs to be sparse, but if it needs to be sparse, it needs to be sparse. Because um, I've had some, not bad collaborations, but collaborations where, you know, um, uh, there's been too much on the words. Or like I work it now, I know, work in progress. Oh, like, working with a producer, which I work with a lovely producer called Nick Trepka, a very sensitive man. Um, 
and we're like, oh, let's take that back, let's take that back. And he's like, all right, I get it. And like, maybe we need a crescendo here. Mm. Um, and yeah, I have a word for it actually. And um, it's like it's like the mixture of words and feelings and joy and hope and pain and music and movement. It's like crescendorious. Mm. And um, and I have a piece called that. But I believe it's life can be crescendorious. Mm. And that's, yeah. Great. And uh, so you mentioned Kay Tempest. I wondered if there's any other particular artists that work with spoken word and music that you admire that you'd, and kind of, yeah, anything that particularly appeals about their work? Yeah. Uh, that work with music as well? Mm. Or, or not, if you want to just, um, yeah. Yeah, I think, I think so. I just The two poets that I love at the moment... Um, they're local to Thanet, um, is, well, they, well, Neelam works with music sometimes. I love Neelam Seredi mm. Braley. Obviously, she's my mate, but actually she's my mate because I am obsessed with her as well <laughs> and her work and the whole thing. Um, and also, there's an amazing poet around here. She, do, she doesn't work with music much, actually. Not that I know of, but she probably should. Um, mm. I'd love to collaborate with her one day, and her name's Ellie Ward. Mm. Um, she's a young poet, and um, I just think she's a rising star. I mean, I don't know why I keep saying she's a rising star, <laughs> but <laughs> so, I'm such a nan. Um, but also, she is. She's really beautiful, funny, activist, activist work. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm just trying to think of poets that work with music that I love. Yeah, Kate, obviously. Um, uh, obviously, in, in, incredible. If you give me a moment, I'm just going to have a little think. Mm. Because I know that I can think. I can think. You could probably introduce me to a few, actually. <laughs> no, not like personally. Mm-hmm. I'm not like, do some intros. <laughs> um, but like, you know, you probably could. Because I don't get out much these days mm. since the pandemic and bebe. Um, <laughs> you know, annoyingly, I feel like, I feel like a lot, not annoyingly, but I feel like a lot of my references come from music and that, mm. I think maybe that's why I'm not I sometimes feel don't tell anybody this but I don't feel allowed in the poetry scene mm. because also like I um I've only I don't really have anything any publications or because I'm scared of writing the words down mm. I think that's held me back a little bit or I don't know if I'm allowed in you know mm. like um so I I haven't I used to think Latchy was a really good place, actually, mm. though I had that one bad experience when I went back to see spoken word artists together. But mm. I don't get much... Because it was a yearly thing. Um, but I don't get much opportunity to, like, mm. take that in. That's where I met Kay. It's where I met... I met Laura before that. But, you know, that's where we really bonded of, like, being mm. at Latchy together and sneaking backstage and watching Jarvis Cocker do a secret set um, <laughs> in the film stage um, where he performed The Slush. Uh, I think the song's called Slush and I was weeping and Laura gave me a heads up <laughs> on text. And um, and then I was just standing there and uh, Jarvis Cocker came to me and said, uh, have you got the thingy to my thingy? Because he thought I was a stage um, stage. Uh, technician um so pleased that you thought <laughs> I look like a stage technician that makes me absolutely buzzed for life I was like, no I'm sorry <laughs> um but it was a really great yearly occurrence and I would really like the opportunity to have those occurrences more often but I do 
love at the moment and I feel like I love her because she um not at the moment I've loved her for years and years before mm. it, the world loved her um self-esteem mm. mixes art with poetry with pop stardom mm. with incredible music with a vocal that would belong in Les Mis <laughs> so and I've loved her for a long time but this album is particularly poetical I think mm. and um I think is a really good example um and it really hits mainstream wise um ah yeah just somebody from different uh uh, part of the scale um, somebody who inspired me when I watched them in 2005 at the Edinburgh Fringe Festival and they're always creating and, and really hold to me that kind of multidisciplinary artist that mixes mm. words, spoken word with drag with with incredible like wearable art with humour and music is an artist called Taylor Mack mm. and I it's a, they're a New York artist um drag act word music artist i've said this already <laughs> um and they're just incredible and um somebody that's yeah that's that's somebody that's really hit me of just how you can use those things um i'm just trying to think if there's anybody else i think that that's that's great and it just kind of got me thinking when you um when you're talking about the kind of publishing side obviously like I don't think that's really like necessary but if it's kind of like a goal I'm just sort of like because you've got your notebook here kind of thinking it reminded me of um or not reminded but made me think how I would imagine maybe if you had a book um I remember when I was younger um uh Courtney Love had a book and it had like all like pictures and handwritten notes and stuff and I sort of feel like if you had um, yeah, publication of of like collection of all your work. It would be cool if it was like very visual and and like actually like handwritten stuff that kind of thing. That's lovely. Yeah. I love Courtney Love. Yeah, <laughs> She's <yeah>. amazing. <laughs> I'm gonna have to get that book. Is it still in publication? Probably. Yeah. It's very. I can't quite remember what it's called, but it's yeah. It's like a a massive yeah massive book. Um, That's interesting. Thanks. Yeah. Somebody else that I really like, I've been well again, um, Courtney Barnett. I quite enjoy when 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 I think she's lyrically at her best. She's the poet to music. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> but yeah, you can definitely you can definitely pinpoint, tell me the amazing people that are making music with words, because I don't know. I don't get out much now, my mama. Yeah. Well, with with this podcast, I, yeah, I need to kind of chase back on the di- different recommendations because yeah there's always like you've named people and everyone else has named people that I've not been aware of so it's a great way to kind of discover new artists um so um a couple of last questions so um what are you working on at the present and what kind of ways do you see yourself working in the future at the present I'm writing a show actually called Living Legends and Dead Ones too, mm. and I'm quite nervous about the show because it's just me for the first time in ages mm. and um, and I've got to be really brave and know that I am a strong enough poet to do this mm. and it's just me and it's with this incredible network called The In Crowd which mm. tour, you know, yeah, them, know them, they yeah. tour around um, public houses really <laughs> um, so uh, I got I got 
the job before the pandemic mm. and then I had the bebe. She's very cute. She's named Sappho, by the way. Poet, a poet name. <laughs> Ancient Greek poet name, heritage <laughs> and beliefs and um, no pressure, Saf. <laughs> LGBTQ plus icon. Um, uh, so, uh, so I'm writing that at the moment um, and it's really interesting, like the juggle of, um, you know, childcare, looking after mm. my baby, nurturing her, literally breastfeeding, mm. giving her life, and then having, like, getting that autom- autonomous thought and researching about living legends and dead ones too and thinking about what a legend is. Mm. Um, so I'm writing that and then working on a piece with my partner, a collaboration piece, music, gig theatre, poetical piece called Sad. Um, which is about grief and cycles and um, it's really beautiful and uh, and um, a lot of synths, so that's exciting. But the way I w- want to work in the future is I think I think I just want to be more conf- I want to have more confidence in myself mm. to know know that my experiences with being neurodivergent and having mental health illnesses don't define me Mm. and with my work you know I know they don't define me now as a person only they are part of what I am but they don't make me any less good at Mm. poetry or writing or connecting with an audience than anybody else Mm. and um, I really want to find that that even when I'm having the days, the black dog days, or the days where my dyslexia is really not allowing me to be the best artist that I can be, to know that I am great and I can break through it and really know it. And mm. that's what I'm, that, I think that's the main thing that I want to work towards in the future. Mm. I don't know, I don't really know how to do that, but I think... I think it's kind of one of those lifelong things for everyone. <laughs> it is, isn't it? Yeah. It's like very relatable because also everybody's got their own battles, but like, like the patriarchy is real and mm. we've had to fight that constantly, just being human. Mm. And so I feel like just acknowledging that and just and just like being more razor sharp and being with that but then also keeping that sensitivity Mm. so I'm sorry if that's a little bit a little bit um wanky but um I think that's I think that's where I'm at yeah that's cool um and then just very lastly um what is the best way for people listening to follow you and your work um well i like a bit of instagram sometimes um i'm brigitte aphrodite on instagram and i have a a website and i have a patreon um and that i think yeah great well thank you so much for your time today it's been really lovely talking to you oh my god so lovely talking to you thank you for coming all the way down to (laughs) margate Last night that you
you were still mine I had a dream last night that we were so fine I was stood in the middle of Soho Square And all my favourite people were standing there And I was screaming, I was singing I am still your girl, I am still, I am still, I am still, I am still I heard a posh voice in the crowd, it was Simon, I'm still I said, Simon, darling, I'm thirsty He whops out a couple of cans of I'm still We glug them down in two glugs Gluck, 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 gluck Then I woke and realised that we not spoke And I woke and realised that my heart broke That I'm not still your girl and I don't know Simon am still If you return, if you return the turn, turn tables We'll have turned, I look like Tina Turn a turn, I will share I'll be so impressed with my big made pin-ups of other people's hearts so easily. Wonderful, the best, uh, product shoe, uh, red, red color patches for the market. 